Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of your favorite entrepreneurial mental health podcast. That might sound pigeonholed, but it's not. This is a broad-based, wonderfully crafted show put together by everybody's favorite entrepreneurs. And with me here, as always, Matt Wonderly and the ubiquitous Craig Hammond. It's ubiquitous, ubiquitous. this week. Yeah, this ubiquitous. Yeah, this time it's ubiquitous. I was about to say, I'm starting to feel a little a little slighted that I'm always number two. It's always Matt and then Craig. Matt, <laughs> comma, adjective Craig. Wait, Matt, what's your last name again? Mine? Yeah. Craig Hammond. See? Alphabetical order. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to play second fiddle. I'm with Sarah. I don't have the adjectives. I'm not the handsome one. I'm not the ubiquitous one. I'm you not. are the extremely intelligent, well-educated very handsome one. We'll play He's with got the his Cambridge shirt on. Stop. Let me keep going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're really excited about this uh, episode today. I, we've got a, uh, a great guest, and we're really excited about hearing from her today. And uh, We don't know each other that long, Sarah. I mean, it feels like we've connected. It feels like we've known each other for years because we connected really well at Silicon Slopes yep. earlier this year before the pandemic. We've got Sarah Baytop Scott. You're originally from Park City, is that correct? Oh, Rhode Island. Well, oh, Alabama, technically. Whoa. Okay, so a non Utah yeah. native. like full. Yeah. Grew up in Alabama, child. spent my summers there till, well, grew up till I was four, then moved to Rhode Island. My mom's Rhode Island. My dad is Alabama. So summer's in Alabama. What brought you west? I had this dream of being a pro snowboarder at one point. I wasn't even that good, but I was I was about to get sponsored. This is 2007. Were you? Yeah. So That's legit. Yeah. That's good. It was pretty you can't cool. say you were not good if you yeah, were getting sponsorship I wasn't sponsorship like pro level. I was like amateur level. That's great. But I was like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to make the X Games. I did not. Um, <laughs> I had never been to the state of Utah before. So my first day, because you could never afford to come out here, right, to see, my first day west of the Mississippi was my first day of college or- orientation. And I was like, what the? I can't swear. Um, did I sign up for? This place Where is was that? crazy. University Utah, of Utah? Salt Lake, oh, Westminster. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's what okay. was so crazy about it? Why why did you have to stop short with the expletives? Like, what made it so different from a place like Alabama or Rhode Island? Yeah, day one. Well, Alabama's races, so... Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. So, so <laughs> kindness. No hesitation. Yep. 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 Um, Rhode Island is pretty much mafia. Like, if you want to talk about mafia, it's not even New York anymore. It's Rhode Island. Sure. Really? Yeah. I love Rhode Island, wow. but Utah was interesting because... I had never seen so many blonde people, right? I was like, hey, Ashley. They're like, that's not my name. Hey, like, statistically speaking, it might be your name. <laughs> that's awesome. But it wasn't. <laughs> and then... I do see. know a lot, a fair amount of blonde Sarahs. Do you? Yeah. Are they born in 1988? Because 80s? Like mid the most popular 80s. baby name. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of... But you're names. blonde now, but not naturally uh, blonde. Not, I'm like a redhead, mm-hmm. technically. You're not naturally blonde. So you're, yeah, you are got. you just you trying to fit into the culture? I was trying to fit in the culture. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I want to be other people. <laughs> but I was like, well, I wanted a brand change, right? So I was like, let me try blonde. And I actually like it, but my hair... I'd say two-thirds of my hair has fallen out. So oh, wow. don't do it. So let's go back to what was such a shock on day one when you moved to Utah. Why was it so um, noticeably different? Well, they don't get humor out here. Certain I mean, you kinds guys, of humor. Hey, we're you, laughing. You guys are funny. But I would say 
there's so many things about Utah, uh, the niceness, which is rooted in passive aggressiveness and insecurities. And so I have a big issue with people. I don't like nice people. I like kind people, mm. right? Because niceness is never authentic. And that's my issue. But I, I think that there's a lot of people that mean well, and I think there's a lot of communities that mean well. So it's not rooted in a, um, I hate these other people, or I hate people that are different than me. It's really just a insecurity that keeps people in their boxes. So just some superficiality, maybe. Yeah. Huh. I've probably been guilty of that a lot, where I'm just trying to do what I believe is the right thing by being polite when it may not be like rooted in my heart like to really just be kind so i can see yeah. that that's I one of my favorite things about the east coast though is just it is authentic it's more salty but it's definitely more real mm-hmm. yeah and and i do i hear that a lot at least for people come to the east coast like man people are so nice a lot of please and thank you a lot of you're welcome a lot of these just kind of formalities but when you explained it that succinctly that's very interesting and i think there's definitely a lot of truth to that i'm not very empathetic and i think i get that from my mother cuz she's from boston <laughs> You know that's right. A lot. I would say a lot of people aren't empathetic. You're you're born with it, or you aren't. You know. Yeah. Um, but I'm you working can, on it. You can learn empathy and put that into your relationship. But some people just naturally aren't em- empathetic. I'm technically not an empath, but I go into like human design, which is this crazy thing that assesses like who you are at your sole purpose. If you guys want to Google it, it's mind blowing, life changing. But there's this part of your chart that if it's open then you are an empath. And if it's closed, you can tell you're not an empath. Hmm. So I am not an empath. Well, okay, okay. Let's pause there for a second. I, this is, I, th- I feel like this is going to go down the road uh, that explains who you are yeah. as a person and how that direct re- directly relates to your professional life and your career. I, I don't think that you have bifurcated those two. You don't split them into two, two separate things like a lot of people do where they have their professional life they come home and they have their work life or their yeah that's personal my big life. problem no but I, I don't think it's a good or bad thing mm-hmm. but i want to get into what you do what, what, what are you working on right what now because you I are do? an entrepreneur you yeah. do a lot of things right yeah, you've do. done a lot of things in the past and you're, you're kind of i don't take this the wrong way but you're all over the place oh my god why would you say that <laughs> you know that used to trigger me and now i'm like you know what let me tell you what's the truth i've totally just acknowledged it as yeah well. i'm like hell like, yeah i'm a starter well if you're an entrepreneur that's what you do exactly right you, you undertake and we that look risk down upon and it you can't help yourself you're why do what we? i heard in a ted talk once is a multi-potentialist mm. Mm. That's, like that's that. Sarah. That's yeah. also Craig, too, in a way. And I'll take that. I don't know if I... I'm, no, you are. I, but in, in, in Spencer... Can we um, high five? He's the smart one here. He's conservative. I want to be focused. I am not. I don't have multi-potential anything. I want to just do one thing. <laughs> I get too bored too easily. Like, <laughs> I was too. telling my brother-in-law, who is a very successful orthopedic surgeon, which means he went to a is lot he of depressed? schooling. No, he's very happy. Uh, most of he's very kind. Like, legitimately. Oh, wow, thank you. Very good Yeah, he's actually operated on Matt. But What's I was telling you, his name's Dr. Jeff Jackson, oh, he orthopedic was not surgeron. Just, just if, you need, if you're looking in the Utah area, look him up. Plug him in. He's but, a great doctor. Yeah, he's fantastic. But I told this him. This episode sponsored sorry. by Jeff Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I donate, Coming please. at you for money. I have a Patreon. But I told him, I was like, it was one of the first times I think I've admitted it to anybody, especially somebody who's dedicated so much time towards one goal. She said, I get bored way too easily. Like, 
I couldn't have made it four years through medical school because I'm two and a half years in on pajamas and I love it and I love that we're changing people's lives, but I'm already like all What's over next? the place. Like, yeah, multi, what'd you say? Multi potentialist, multi opportunist? That's right. Anyway, let's turn this well, back well, to Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Let's go back. Yeah, this conversation isn't about me. me. Yeah, no, I wanted to be sorry. about all of us. Sorry. The narcissism's um, showing. No, but it's very <laughs> true. <laughs> And, you know, for so long, I, so I started writing business plans when I was eight, really grew up with a single mom, poverty, you know, so I was like, well, maybe if I can make enough money, I can change my situation. So Sorry, I, I didn't hear that right. Did you say you're the single mom or you grew oh, up no. with a single mom? She I grew up with yeah. a single okay. mom. When she was eight. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started at four, right? S- starting but, at four mm-hmm. through your formative years until college. My whole life. life. Your whole life. Yeah. And you viewed money as the way out or the escape plan from this circle. Yeah, I would say it was my inspiration and my obsession from a young age. Mm. Very interesting. Um, but it, I also had a very unhealthy relationship with money. It's like I needed it, but I also despise certain people with it. But you can't, to have a healthy relationship with money, you have to respect it. You know how they, you know, in politics, we were talking about politics on the way over here, that at one point in my early 20s, mid-20s, I was a radicalist of sorts. And I was like, the 1%. And I'm like, shit, when you have money, it's a tool for change. Yeah. Yeah. If you have that mindset, right? Because the problem is a lot of people don't have that mindset who might have a lot of money, you know? Exactly. Hopefully you understand the power of money and the impact you can have on the world yeah. with that money. Oh, definitely. So how, how has that affected you? Well, let, let, I'm not going to ask that question. I'm going to go, let's go keep going down this road a little bit. And how has that led into your profession? And why oh, yeah, are you a multi-potentialist slash uh, distracted person? Yeah, I'm a 100% <laughs> distracted person, which is how we got into three different conversations. <laughs> so what do I do? Wait, didn't you ask something before, what do I do? There was like a lead up to... See, I already forgot. Shit, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's just tell us a little bit about okay. your business. What, what so are you what doing do do? right now? What's your biggest priority, your biggest focus? Um, my biggest focus is always, what does my heart say? So I've actually, I talked about this on Facebook because that's where I put all my uh, emotions and energy. So often this year and last year, I'm always getting phone calls about, hey, do you want to be a chief whatever officer for some startup? And... When I first started, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I realized I don't want to define myself by an industry. I really want to define myself by innovating a system that supports industries. So I call myself Hmm. a community innovator. And I've started mostly working a founder and community innovator. I think, does it say fund on there? Uh, On your LinkedIn page, it it says founder, community innovator, Sarah Baytop Scott. That's one. That's one of three that you're oh, wait, currently working on. What do on. I have on my LinkedIn? You have founding member, the W Collective. Oh, yeah, we can X that one out. X that one out. Uh, COO, co-founder of LEO Productions. Yeah, so I'm technically. That's how I met you. Yeah, you talked about LEO that. Productions, and yeah. that's something that's been stable for two years. So we can high five. Huge. Clap to no, that. High five. <laughs> yeah, high five. No longer that. conceptual. It's it's a real work. That's a, yeah. That's like one of my ongoing. Matt just kind of went from conceptual business to cash flowing business the, the train has left like the two days ago Ooh. seriously the train has left hey, snaps for math i go. know right it's snaps. huge just the best yeah. asmr they're gonna be a new thing or snap it for better business? it better be you know they do that at cambridge once in a while they they, they snap for well, that's what they do in spoken word poetry yeah, yeah. is yeah. it that's what they <laughs> i shouldn't admit this 
when when I was going into college, I went and like, what do you call? It? I rushed for uh, fraternity. fraternity. Oh. I didn't pledge, meaning I didn't like go through the whole like initiation, take off and your clothes, and we're gonna urinate on you or anything type of weird okay. stuff. But I went through the like rush phase, and I remember they always did that. They like snapped to yeah, it's a level of respect. So I always think of that. Hmm. It's perfect to edit audio around and yet conveys what we're trying to do here. So, again, fantastic sound effect for broadcast. So, we'll, we'll come back to Publisher Arts' growth and the train leaving Keep the station. But let's come back to Sarah here. We are all over the place today. Because that brings we? a whole different set of stresses for myself. But I want to hear about Sarah and her Elio Productions and then what you're currently doing with your. Uh, as a community innovator, but so yeah. we'll, let's try and tie the two to together if we can, unless you think they're well, completely separate. Oh, we can definitely separate. tie the two. Two years. So what? So let's I've been that. two years with Elio Productions, COO, and we are working on some film and TV projects that focus on uplifting minorities in leadership and also in our stories and messages. So right now with COVID, it's been pretty interesting. We are in, in LA in February, working with distributors to get in front of some big networks like. Netflix, Hulu, I'm just going to name drop, uh, Amazon, right? That's what Matt does, it's fine. Um, And that was really promising. Italy. I like the tone of today's podcast. This is great. Yeah? Yeah. It reflects you as the guest, which I like. You bring a lot of energy, and Craig's needed that to counter his mate consumption. I'm like shaking from that mate. Are you? Yo, that is a it's, it's mate cafe. Yeah, yeah maybe we should talk to uh, Yerbae as a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah, we drink mate. We we drink Craig's a shameless amount drink. of mate. Our ADD is really coming through this podcast. I, that's yeah. what I was saying. It's, it's really all shiny. Over the place. <laughs> Let's go back to your production company. You were right in the middle of California. Oh yeah, so we and were make sure that you also talk mention the spelling of it so that e- people can L I O. Okay, so no H or anything. Okay. Mm. Helio. Okay. Helio. Well, sometimes in some languages the H is silent. Yeah. I've seen I think isn't there an Elio that's H E L I O? Probably. I don't know. Okay. So you're in California, you're meeting with distribution yeah. companies. So they really love they're like, you guys came from Utah? Like everything we had, not only the message but our pitch decks, everything, they're like, this is really impressive because a lot of people who come in, we normally have to send them out to go work on stuff, get it figured out, work with consulting companies, and then you know come back and, and re-pitch it. So they were really impressed, which is validating as a creative. But then COVID happened, it was a shit show, right? It's been a journey this year. I'm actually an extroverted, no, I'm an introverted extrovert. So out in the public, I'm ultra It's called an ambivert, I believe. It is, or ENFP on the 16 Myers-Briggs personality. Or an ENFP cool. as well. I don't remember my Myers-Briggs results, but... It doesn't matter anyway. What's that to you? Yeah. All, yeah. It's all yeah, fake. Focus on the guest, Craig. Stop bringing it back to you. Oh, it is about No, it's, I love it. I'm going silent for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so then we got to Utah, well, back to Utah to fund some projects, right? Because you need money to make things happen, especially in the creative world. A lot of people are lacking the financial resources. I'm going to be honest, when it comes to film and TV in Utah, there is a huge level of like hierarchy that says that they want to invest in, so my business partner is black. Uh, they want to invest in women and underrepresented groups. It's pretty much all bullshit. They don't really want to. So searching for funds is really hard and getting people to answer you back in an email or pick up their phone, even if they give you their phone number and like text me, they won't text you back. I'm like, well, fuck that. (laughs) 
I, I've so, been, I know the, I know the world really well. How I, do you, how do you overcome that then? I get that. Or how have you overcome that in the past with this, with the, these different projects? Yeah, I just don't have expectations. You know, mm. you set goals, but I don't, you know, you can, so what I have realized as a leader, I want to be that person that when I make it, I don't show the same level of disrespect to people below me, like below, I'm putting this in quotes, below me, you know, in starting out in their careers. And so I just try to have compassion, even though I swear a lot, I'm like an East Coaster with compassion, like the soul heart. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what, mafia coming out. <laughs> That's kind of- This is great. But I, I, I'm really fascinated by your expectations here because that can lead so many different directions, right? If you're you're saying you don't set expectations or are you managing them appropriately? Yeah, so I have expectations and I know my big goals and dreams are definitely going to be met and I have uh, fundraising expectations, right? So I set hard goals, but I don't put all my eggs in one basket. So if someone says, yeah, I want to invest in you guys, I, I say, oh, that's great, but then I go meet with other people. So I'm continuously meeting and connecting and growing that network because you can't always trust someone that says yes. So, but okay, this is so fascinating because you're a woman in Utah that's not necessarily part of the homogeneity, the homogenous culture, mm -hmm. AKA the large, uh, the elephant in the room, which is the religion, the large portion of the, the populace is not of your, your religion. And so you don't fit that demographic. Mm -hmm. But my business uh, partner is Mormon. Okay, so your business partner is, but he, he's also- A black Mormon. A, a black <laughs> and, and, and not uh, the typical homogenous demographic either exactly. in the state, right? And not only that, but film, I, I come from a film background, Film is also, it can be very prejudiced, right? And so it, being a woman in the film business in a state that's not known for its film, well, in, in many ways it is, but... Sundance and that's it. Sundance and some, the Utah Film Commission does really good things, right? I love right? them. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. I love the Film Commission here in Utah. They're amazing. And, uh, and Sundance is great. But outside of that, I'm really fascinated to... to hear about your challenges as a woman in the film industry coming from Utah, not Los Angeles, not New York, yeah. not London. Tell us about that. Yeah, what are your challenges and frustrations? I would say I don't, I have the privilege as a woman to have the masculine energy of, in when it comes to my professional life. So I have confidence and I can go into a meeting and be like, this is what I want. And people listen to that. So I would say more rarity when it comes to that aspect. And I often don't think that my gender plays a role. Sometimes I do see that my business partner in meetings will get more eye contact. And afterwards we'll be like, did you notice that? He's like, yep. Because he's male. Because he's a man, yeah. How do you navigate kind of picking up on some of these social cues? I think most people, Matt and Craig do a really good job that I've seen in terms of when they meet and talk with people, but it's a learned skill. I am, obsessed with psychology and so I love people because I just have this weird fixation on trying to understand what people think and why they think it. Yeah. But in terms of observation, that in my mind is a superpower. If yes. you're going into a meeting and you're that observant, you're you're looking at eye contact, you're looking at the way people, you know, posture, unsaid, unspoken communication, how did you learn that and how do you feel like that benefits you in these circumstances? How did I learn that? Because I've done so much shit. Is that experience? I experience, yeah. I worked in. I mean, I've worked in mines, refineries, right? So that's a very man, mas man, 
male, male, that's the word. Masculine driven industry. Very much so. So I've worked in that. I've worked in politics. I've worked in finance. My background's in finance, actually. So it's been, and I also went to grad school for architecture. (laughs) So I have a lot of random Multi-potentialist. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. So my undergrad's in finance, grad school, architecture, and community development. So it's been just a learning lesson of life, I guess. And I don't really take it as disrespectful as I used to. Because I realize a lot of people are subconsciously unaware that they're doing it. Because this, as humans, we connect most with people who are like us. And I can go into that situation and be like, fuck them, right? They didn't look at me. They didn't respect me. I mean, respect's a different thing. But when, when I realize that they're going to connect with the person who is most like them, which is my male business partner, that's okay. You know, If we can get business still, and they're genuinely kind people at the end of the day, that's all I care about. So what do you say to... What do you, I know Craig's itching to jump in here. I, I was just saying, that's a really refreshing perspective. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. But what do you say to the women who would disagree with that? Be like, no, you know, we have voices. We should be heard. We should kind of get rid of that male dominance. We should be equal and equitable. What do you say to that? Where, you know what, we should be heard and we shouldn't be looked down on and even just because it's a deal. Yeah, so I would say definitely was adamant about that standpoint years ago. What I've come to realize is we have masculine and feminine energy, right? And we as women have never been taught about our feminine energy. I'm going to give you an example. So in November, I had a tech startup. I don't have it anymore, but I did have one. I was in a all-women's global pitch competition. And the people who are running it locally and the people who are running it internationally, amazing people. Like the people who actively connect with others, actively work to get women resources education so these are amazing individuals sometimes i see toxic you know networking Mm -hmm. groups i'm like but these are great people but the issue is this whole group was all about uplifting like this international sogal pitch competition and like yeah women 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 i'm like you don't really you you still miss the point and they're like what i mean they didn't answer my email so Um, (laughs) but the the thing is is uh pitch competition Even if it's for women, the word competition is a masculine energy. What is the opposite of that? What is the feminine version of that? It's collaboration. So we all hold masculine and feminine energy, but if we can't define what it means to tap into a feminine power, we will still try to fit into a masculine box of what what it means to be a professional. So what does a pitch collaboration look like? You tell us. I I, I have so many questions. Right? So many thoughts running through my mind, but... Tell us your, your oh, perspective. Well, so pitch collaboration, see, that's the thing is I don't have a definition because collaboration means that we have to work collectively to define what that is. So I would see it as, I mean, obviously there's, there's technically winners and I don't like the word losers, but how can we all win in that situation? So even if you don't win the $500,000 investment money, how do you go away with the skills and network and relationships to help you go to the next level. Because if we all win, then I'm going to support the winner just as much as I support the person who didn't win. You also have in terms of the, the concept, I really like the I really like the, the framework that you're laying out there because to me one of the most interesting things is people rushing to the center and rushing for equality and equity when in reality each gender possesses their own superpower and by females coming in and saying no 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 I want to be just as equal to a man in my mind it's like you're 
wasting why you're better than men. And 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 it's not even a gender thing, right? Because some sure. men have more feminine energy yeah. than masculine. And For that, sure. Especially as creatives, right? When you're creative, that's actually a feminine energy. But another thing that I see wrong in the startup world is an investment. Um, it's very hierarchical. It's very competitive. It's very cutthroat. And there's a reason that uh, women, I believe, are always, you know, what 2% of VC funding goes to women. Hmm. It's a statistic we hear all the time. And so then they spend a whole year training women and teaching them how to get in front of investors, all this stuff. I'm like, why are you putting us into a box again? VC is very hierarchical, which is a masculine energy. It's very competitive. It's very, you know, one person controls the whole narrative. And that's great. But if women, the reason we hate trying to fundraise, and I think a lot of people do, is because we're not tapping into our energy. So what a feminine idea of investing would be crowdfunding. But what's wrong with crowdfunding is it's only getting part of the equation. In crowdfunding, it's it's usually one business, one group trying to fundraise. But that that one group trying to fundraise with their community, it should be a collective group trying to fundraise with a community. Because one person trying to do something or one group, it's still very masculine. There's a there's a really interesting school of thought in political theory in realism called defensive realism, mm-hmm. right? It's all about a high level. We can get into the weeds, but we won't. But this is not a political discussion. But the, it basically talks about collaborating mm-hmm. rather than competing to be a hegemony in the region, right? Exactly. A, a, a good idea about or, or a good example of this would be potentially the EU, where a smaller nation state, instead of competing with a superpower, Unilaterally, they're going to start teaming up with other smaller nation states to collaborate, raise the water level for everybody. Yep. And, and I'm looking at that in parallel to the startup world and innovation and progress. Exactly. Where competition might be an eternal principle, right? Yeah, but at I the mean, same it's healthy. Time, it, it is healthy, right? But at the same time, you need to collaborate. And yeah. uh, that's going to get us all mm-hmm. collectively to another level. Yeah. Right? And during the age of acquisition, where we have these massive companies, all the FANG companies buying each other up for better market share or to squash competition or for whatever reason, you're, you're not seeing a lot of collaboration. Yeah. And you, I think you're actually limiting innovation. Yeah. So from your point of view, how does that cause any sort of frustration or is it causing frustration? Are you, how are you getting through that as a oh, founder? Oh, so and, well, I just decided to start my own fund, even though it's <laughs> not, I can't like say fund, right? Because technically with SEC rules, if you say I'm starting a fund publicly, it's, you know, against. Are you really starting a fund? Et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah. It's going to be my own money. 100%. I'm going to have a million dollars within this time next year to invest in community. How are you going to do that? So um, I have a whole blog post that I can link up. But I've, Promote um, it. Say it. What is yeah, it? Well, it's sarahbaytopscott.com, and you can read my blog post. But it's, it goes back to our tribal roots and thinking about how do women work in tribes, right? That's our feminine energy. So I broke down what our feminine energy is. I broke down this our, our roots of who we are as humans and our tribal. And I also took what we have in traditional fundraising concepts and models and developed a whole model that we use knowledge and collectively push this knowledge to create and raise the funding that we need to then invest in all of the groups that are involved in the process. 
That's fantastic. That's yeah. a, that's a super cool idea. We're all kind of sitting here a little bit dumbfounded. I mean, this is a, a completely different approach to what I think all of us are used to. And I think it's, I don't want to speak for all of us, and I, I chime in here, Craig, I'd like to get your thoughts, but this is so refreshing to get a different point of view, a different perspective yeah. on this. Well, people think I'm crazy, and I'm like, well, that's all right. So I'm doing the beta test now with the whole model, and October I'm going to be launching it. My mom has a quote, that I, a magnet on her fridge that she's had on there for decades since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It says, well-behaved women rarely make history. Yeah. Right? So you saying, and I forget who that was by. That's a great quote, but I forget who. It's it, unknown. It's, it's no, unknown. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, there's a, it's a historian, a female historian yeah. who said that. I can't remember her name. But you remind me of that, especially what you just said, how I'm crazy. Yeah. I love crazy. Crazy disrupts. Oh, d- yeah. And you have, going back, because this is about uh, mental, I mean, stabi- or therapy, right? So when you realize and you're confident in who you are as an individual, then you don't look at validation from other people uh, for what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? And it's, I would, I would say it's profoundly simple. But and it's it, hard process. But it's super hard. But it's, you know what I mean? Like the principle, the concept that you just said is, should be inherent, right? Mm-hmm. Like believe in yourself and you can do anything. But it's really it's bu- hard. It almost really sounds like hard. bullshit if you don't. Yeah, right? You know, okay. But I want to hear, you say you oh, finish yeah. your thought, but I do want to hear how you have come to discover that in, yes. in your own confidence. I was just about to say that. And it's, okay, cool. It starts with a rock. Like a, a rock. A rock, rock minerals. Like, like go online like and stone. Google like a stone. Okay. Like jade or mm. there's black jade that fights against negative energy. And even if you don't believe in that, find a stone that has some energy attached to it, get it. And this is, you know, th- retraining your mindset is a very hard thing. So I grew up in a, I'd say, a very interesting upbringing that caused a lot of trauma that I had to process in my life. I mean, I used to pick it outside abortion clinics and tell people they're going to hell. Like my dad like burned all my toys and books and stuff. Like it was a just a really interesting experience. You did that because of your parents, like your upbringing? Was, or that was yeah, so it was trauma just from my upbringing that I had to process. And so I had yeah. a really negative mindset and toxic mindset. And I thought with the stone, right? I got a stone and I said, if I want for one day can keep this stone in my pocket every time it's touching my body or I hold it in my hand, I refuse to think negative thoughts. And so I did that for a day and then a day turned into a week. A week turned into a month, a month turned into a year. Yes, you know, there's depressive moments, but I've been suicidal from, you know, four to two weeks before my 29th birthday. I'm 32 almost. So cool. that's, so 30, I mean, my whole years. life I had to deal with this really deep, dark depression. And I realized if I could train my th- mind, just like I trained my body, I'm actually out of shape at right now, but I'm happy. So then <laughs> I can change. Out of shape right now. Everybody's got the COVID nineteen. Yeah, I got so. the COVID twenty. <laughs> COVID twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, that I I'm really liking that that uh, the rock idea. Do you no. still have a rock? It, oh, yeah, I have, I have, I have a shit ton of rocks. <laughs> but do you carry it on you? I mean, do you have it like on your pocket? No, so it's kind of like. You know when you're so out of shape that you have to spend like six months getting back to where you were? 
And then when you're back to where you were, you can start taking exercises a little bit easier. It's just like your mind. So once you re- reach a point where you're mentally conscious of what you're saying, what you're thinking, what you're doing, then you can start to really process your trauma. You can start to really observe life in a different way. Can, does it have to be a rock? Can it be any sort of artifact or oh, object? It can be anything. So it could be an heirloom of someone you in, were inspired by, like your grandma or grandpa. Something with meaning. Yeah. You want to get that emotion, you know? So that's that's where it starts for you. Is yeah, it's a physical reminder. A physical reminder to help you overcome mental challenges. Because mm-hmm. just saying, think problems. positive, that's hard. Talk to me about the visual reminder because I'm currently advising this gentleman, really nice guy, old enough to be my dad, but he's a trained... Nice or kind? He's very kind. Ooh, okay. Very kind. Thank you. He is a trained psychologist. He's a doctor of psychology, uh, therapist, and he's starting a business right now that's called Everhope, and there are these bracelets that say Everhope on it. Mm, And it's really cool. And I tell him all the time, like, this is a cause-based product that will do do well if you're able to get it in front of people because that visual reminder is so powerful. And obviously, he was well aware of that, but... Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I would say, I so after I had in my back pocket, I eventually bought a necklace and kept the necklace on me. And then I have a shit ton of stones now, and I actually give them to people all the time. But so therapy is super important, right? So I always thought I was a narcissist my whole life. I'm like, I'm a horrible person. I'm a narcissist. I was like, well, shit, Sarah. Oops, I just dropped my drink. Let's go to a real actual therapist and see if you are, right? <laughs> it turns out I was an enabler. I wasn't a narcissist. Woohoo! That's <laughs> huge. So that understanding of, you know, who I was and realizing I'm not a bad person, not that narcissists are, I don't know. But that helped me then, um, you know, therapy helped me under understand a lot of things. And this mindfulness, which is, you know, more holistic energy, help me blend the two together to create a positive outlook. So you, you talk about therapy. Mm-hmm. You go see a therapist. Specialist. In, or yeah. a specialist. And then you talk about more natural, organic medicines. Mm-hmm. It, 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 tell us a little bit about yeah. that. And, and what are you do? What, 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 what does that mean? What yeah, are you taking? Because well, therapists, they're very um, rooted in education, right? And our education system is deeply, deeply flawed. I mean... Even our doctors, the they're not innovating, right? And therapy's not innovating off, I mean, starting to. So knowing that there's more out there and that even though this educational, educated, very educated person is telling me this, they also aren't connected to the nature and the ground. And, and you know, there are some that do nature therapy, but I want to be connected to a whole ecosystem. What does that mean? Like energy. And, and how do you do that? What do you mean by connecting yeah. energy? Tell us yeah. more about that. So I thought it was hokey, right? I was like, this is bullshit. Like energy, because you see all these people like, ooh, do this and this. And you're like lighting a candle when it's a full moon. Holy, no. <laughs> what the fuck? You know? I thought, I was like, witches and stuff like that. Do we, we're good on time. Yeah. But then I started getting into, let me just try a full moon ceremony, right? And you do this whole process, and it, if anything, it connects you deeper to your soul and just compassion and forgiving what your past was and accepting who you are as an imperfect human and moving into the future and setting goals. 
I mean, the person I was two days ago is not the person I am today, right? And we don't allow that type of acceptance in our in society. Just as being a startup entrepreneur, if you're doing everything, or you, three months, and then another three months you change your career, it's looked down upon. But why is this? Why do I have to have a job for five years? Because don't you want people to evolve? But so, so entrepreneurship is so inconsistent, right? So are you saying that? you need to be consistent with yourself in an environment that is in completely inconsistent. It, it feels like... Yeah, I'm the only certainty. certainty. It, it's, it, it is such an uncertainty. Pandemic aside, just starting your own business and running your own business is yeah. very uncertain. That's yeah. the etymology of, of, of entrepreneurs. It's yeah. managing risks and un- Fear, uncertainties. failure. So, so that's completely inconsistent though yeah. peaks and valleys peaks and valleys one day you're happy the next year oh yeah you're not you're completely depressed because you, know, you lost a deal or or what right yeah and your whole livelihood depends on the success of your venture yeah and so what i'm hearing from you though is is very interesting but it seems a bit paradoxical where i would have the hardest time applying what you're talking about yeah so i do have ups and downs so when i'm down which is like after, you know, someone's like, yeah, you're going to get this $10,000 contract, right? So I do freelance work and then I don't hear for them and they just ghost me. I've run into that. I'm like, what the, you know, so I'll get down. Like, Man, I really needed that money. And that's where I get into the energy. So I will be so in the work, 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 hustle, hustle, get that money. And then when I hit those moments, I'm like, shit, Sarah, come back to yourself. And that's when I turn on uh, vibrational music and meditate for 30 minutes or an hour while I'm walking my dogs. So where someone might strap on their running shoes and go for a, a 5K, yeah. you're more, okay, let's let's zen a little bit. It's a zen. It's music, or it's music or some sort of audio therapy. Yeah. And, and maybe taking your dog for a walk. Yes. Is that how you kind of mitigate some of the peaks and the valleys and kind of smooth things out? Or is that more a spot treatment just like you said, you feel yourself vibrate or get out of a space, remove from your center. How do you on like a day-to-day, like uh, avoid some of the ups and downs that Matt was talking about? You, potentially you might not necessarily have a $10,000 contract looming, but that doesn't mean that you know, you, you're, the, the vibrational pitch of your being or energy isn't kind of all over the place. So how do you keep as midline as you can? That's why I have many projects, right? So if one upsets me, I'm like, well, at least I can work on this other project. And I'm happy doing that, but I don't know. So keeping yourself busy is is the key. Well, as best you can. Yeah, so a step back, I do step back usually for at least an hour if if I'm feeling like, oh, my heart just got hurt or like I'm feeling like a depressive moment. Recognizing that. Recognizing that, validating it through meditation and then going into what, what, is going to fulfill me today and it might be writing a script for film so it's finding something that you know understanding that emotion but then finding something that gives me meaning and purpose and value so so i look at the creative process you talked about something really interesting here with the creative process maybe that's therapeutic for you i i assume it is maybe go writing a script sometimes, sometimes. It well if be. i'm doing for other people no but for yourself yes it's therapeutic Right. I mean, I think the creative process can be transcendent. It is the one thing that allows us to 
be bigger than or do more than just something for ourselves. Yeah. Right. It's and um, it has a, it does have a big impact. So when you recognize these moments, you're having these uncertainties, you disappear into the ether, <laughs> more or less, right? <laughs> and you put on some, you, 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 again, what you said, you, you validate it. Mm-hmm. You admit you had a problem. Because ignoring is, is not healthy. We do a lot of bypassing. Tell us more about that. So in Utah, they do a lot of bypassing, right? So they don't... Freeways? There's a lot of construction here. There's a here. lot of... Is I-15... I, I just... Bad it's joke. Just representative. Bad joke. It's representative is, of the society. Yeah. Bad joke. It's been like two, 10 years, I swear, I-15 uh, is under longer, construction. Longer. Um, we don't question things, right? So society in 100%, Utah is the number one... They love being number one at something, right? Suicide's number one at opioids. You know, but number one at happy or nicest people. I don't know. Nicest, most, not kindest. Number one not, most yeah. sober university in the Ooh, nation. Number <laughs> one BYU best looking. BYU was just crowned with that again. Yeah. So we don't question things deeper here. And what I realize is there's a lot of blocks. I think dating here has actually opened my eyes even more to that. That when I try to go deeper, people don't want to go deeper. Um, and it's not just dating, it's in these networks that are supporting women, supporting men, supporting whatever. It's throughout, it runs rampant. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this, one of his, I think it's Talking to Strangers, I can't remember what book it is, but one of, his, one of his books about the truth default theory, where we always default to what truth we think or per- perceive is truth. Do you see that as, as, as a rampant yeah. problem here? Again, we're not questioning things. What, what you tell yeah. me, I'll just default to that being the truth well it's a lot it takes a lot of mental stretching to question outside your belief system and i'm not saying religion i'm just saying things that you believe in general sure. right because it really forces you to think critically and yeah. question yourself and who you are there's a reason depression runs rampant in utah and it's because well i had that in my head and then i just lost it what you're saying you know the whole the whole thing about not questioning things taking things as is and when life doesn't go the way you think it's going to go when it kind of shakes the box so to speak yeah. all of the sudden that non-questioning comes back to bite you because you're like wait a minute I thought things were going to be X, right? So sadness or, you know, unhappiness or whatever you want to call it is a function of unmet expectations. So if you expect things to go a certain way and they don't and you don't have a cognitive backup or you haven't fleshed out, you know, your, your roadmap of where you're going mentally all of the sudden you run out of railroad track and you're done. Yeah. And that create that dissonance creates unhappiness. Exactly. And we see that, too, a lot of people care about their image here in Utah. They care about the way that they look, where they're living, who they're married to, what their kids are wearing. And it's because when we have this superficial concept of who we are, we put on social media, we look perfect, then we don't have to go deeper into what our issues are. And I'm like, tell me your trauma. I mean, people, I'm like, what's wrong with you? And they're like, what the... And people are like, I don't know. I don't have anything wrong with me. That's number one indicator that there's something wrong. <laughs> For sure. It's like, thank you. You just revealed number one. Yeah, Kirk, I was like, Kirk oh. tells me that every day. There's nothing wrong with me. Red flag, red flag, run. The opposite all the time. <laughs> Matt's so tired of listening to me just, ah. <laughs> Tell yeah, us. Verbal, Can verbal we go moment. into No, no, no. This is about you. Oh. That's not true. Just coming back. Craig's my best friend. 
I love hearing you. You're one of my best friends. (laughs) Hand hug? (laughs) Have you ever done a hand hug? We're just going to do it real quick. Oh, we we, we do all that. We go like this. We go like this. Oh, we we just like cuddle on the couch in our office. Yeah, we have a couch in our office, and sometimes we just sit next to each other and have a great therapy session. It's true. It is. You know, I've worked for a lot of different companies here, and every time, um, so I'm not LDS, Mormon, whatever they go by right now. A member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Exactly. But every position I've been in, everyone there has come to me and told me like their deepest, darkest, darkest secrets. Like their son tried to commit suicide and they've never told anyone except for their family. And I've been this outlet that they can be vulnerable. I've, I've seen so many of the owners of the companies that I've worked with just ball in the office with me talking about their issues and stuff like that. And I'm like, is this like healthy like shouldn't you go get therapy a little bit but, but no you're very you you immediately come across as a very judgment free and empathetic person which i think naturally inclines people to feel like they can yeah, it's up to you yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's, it's, you. it's like you said an energy that you carry My with you for sure for sure yeah that's yeah. fascinating you do exude this doesn't energy surprise and me. it doesn't yeah. surprise me either um it, it makes me want to tell you all my darkest secrets right you, now. You could, <laughs> yes. I, I want people, though, when I, because when I go to, like, a conference here, I'm like, what up? Hey, it's me. I feel like this person's fucking crazy. And they're like, wait, Here's she's Sarah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's here, everybody. And I'm like, ah. But then, you know, it, it stuns people at first. And I think it takes them a second to, like, try to figure me out, which you can't, but that's all right. But then they start, you know, people start getting interested in, um, like I'll post stuff on social media and I'll get inboxes. I had a problem with, I was an alcoholic for a decade. So I was like signed up for rehab, everything. Anyways, December is my three year anniversary of not drinking. Congrats. But a lot of people have different addictions, right? Yeah. So I've had people come forward with that. Or when I talk about suicide or anything like that, people inbox me and it's, it's I just, even if I feel so alone and being vulnerable and people say, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't tell me you're sorry. I hate that. That's sympathy. I want compassion. But you, if you want to have a community that's open and vulnerable, you have to embody that in your day-to-day life. So even if I feel like a dumbass for sharing my really vulnerable story, I'm going to share it anyways because one, two, three years later, someone's going to remember that. And it's about you, not about who's listening necessarily. Well, in in many cases, right? But it's about you first, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you need to feel vulnerable in order to get that off your chest. And like you said, two, three years down the road, or maybe even five seconds later, someone's going to benefit from that. Yeah, exactly. In podcasting, we see that a lot where we'll produce a show or we'll produce a piece of content that uh, highlights vulnerability within a guest or a host or some type of story and... The immediate reaction I find so interesting is everyone's like in the recording, like it's very cathartic. We call it podcast therapy, right? You come in, you can talk and get things off your chest. But right after the thought is like, ooh, I shouldn't have shared that or like that was too open or too vulnerable. And I said, you know, let's let's see where it goes. If, if the host or the guest is comfortable publishing it, invariably it comes back with positive feedback. People are saying, thank you for sharing that. I have yeah. the same feeling and it encourages openness in other people. That's how Brene Brown made it. Yeah. She felt stupid after her TED talk 
at Texas A&M or something? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. But I, I'm glad you brought up Brene Brown because I think I say her name every episode. Every Brene, episode. Come to Utah. I emailed her a bunch of times and started a petition to get her to Utah. She is the best. She's she the is, best. yeah. If that goes down, please let me know. I'd love to be there. It's going to go She's down here best. in the studio. We'll have her as a guest. I want hey, Brene Brown and Malcolm Gladwell in a room together. That oh, would be awesome. We will awesome. get that. Just put it into the... Oh, we're counting on you to help us make that happen. 100%. You'll film the documentary. We'll I produce it. We'll record it. Oh, you just found one. Oh. <laughs> hey, Brene, I have Look a studio. You. All you have to do is come to Utah, and then we can go hiking. How, yeah, so. how impressed were you and Matt was like, hey, we recorded the number one studio, podcast studio in Utah. Were you like, I'm in? Shit, did you say that? Did I? Of course I said it. Oh, I'm sorry. You better have said that. <laughs> I did not. I don't think I said it. Okay. <laughs> why are we paying? Why are we paying? Why are we not paying you now, Matt? That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> this this has been a fantastic uh, perspective, different take on what we usually talk about, right? And and we really are very appreciative of you being vulnerable and telling us about the energies and the ways that you go about combating. Your mental health challenges yeah. as, as an entrepreneur. It's probably less story-like than me. That's okay. Usual. No, I feel like this was more focused on the solution and opportunities for self-improvement. Which, which is, is actually great. masculine energy. Solutions. I, yeah. I really like that idea of masculine and feminine and energy. I've yeah. heard it before, but to hear that you elaborate that for entrepreneurs. And, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a... A research question for a potential PhD question later, right? right? And collaboration I, yeah. is where I'm going. With so it. I started an Excel file because I love Excel, um, and it's finance like what? Major. What is finance <laughs> yeah, I major? Yeah, um, I love it. But it's what we currently do, and re- understanding that that's a masculine or a feminine energy. What's the opposite of that? Yeah. So what? What do you? What's the one thing you leave our listeners with today? From from Sarah Baytop Scott. Park City, Utah. Oh no, I'm not. I'm a live, I live in the Filmer. avenues. Oh, you're in Salt Lake you now. Yeah, you're in Park oh. City. Okay, she's Salt Lake City. Wait, Utah. does it say Park City anywhere? No, I just assumed because you know oh. we have some mutual contacts. Oh yeah, Park City. I do love those people. Yeah, they're the best. Can you donate to me? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> um. <laughs> but where? Where can people donate to you? This is plug time. Okay, so you can go to sarahbaytopscott.com. Spell it out. S A R A H B as in boy A Y. T O P S C O T T dot com. Almost forgot to spell your name. I was about to go. I was about to say O P Q R S. Next time. So, uh, uh, what, what's your what? What are your parting words? What's one thing you want the listeners to to know about you and mm-hmm. and about your solutions that we talked the about? The number one thing you can do in this world for change, the way that you can change the world, is to change yourself. So. Falling in love with yourself on a deep, deep level and, and asking yourself the hard questions. Because when I had these fears and, you know, before I went to therapy years ago and whatnot, I never wanted to face certain things inside of me. And anytime you're afraid to recognize a toxic trait of yourself, um, you're stunting your growth. And the more that you face those internal fears, whether it's, you know, I have trouble with my marriage because I don't want to be intimate, like, you know, something like that. That's what how's, what's that rooted in? So finding the root, finding how to love yourself, finding your unique genius, because we all have that inside of us. Unique genius. Unique is the genius. Key I like that. Word, yeah. Yeah, key phrase for the day. 
Absolutely. Unique genius. We'll, and we'll name this episode Unique Genius. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. And then the rest will just unfold. I don't know what it'll unfold to, but that's what's really cool because we're all unique and it's all going to be different. And anyone that tells you how to live your life, <laughs> cut them. <laughs> like, you know, it takes a while for people to wake up to things. So you're going to get judged. You're going to get criticized and that's okay because if you're happy then you you know there's there's a great uh, we'll, we'll kind of end here but there's a really awesome YouTube video um, of, a, of a someone filming on their phone at a film at a music festival and one guy on the hillside yes. dancing by himself mm-hmm. right and he did he does this for like 15 minutes doesn't care and he looks really bad dancing by himself but he doesn't care what people think about him exactly he's just in the moment in he's the moment it. and soon enough one guy joins him the most important person is the second person yes right and, and they're just jamming together and before you know it two turns into six six turns into 30 and the entire yes. hillside after about 30 minutes is jamming with this one guy. In my club days, that was me doing like the sprinkler and the grocery cart move. <laughs> I would get all the weirdos in the club who weren't all dancing to all be dancing at one time. But that authenticity is what attracts. Yeah. And he loves himself. Yes. Right? Yes. That, He's just that totally guy. comfortable with within with himself and his own skin, yeah. right? I wear a banana costume on my birthday every year. Because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm like... Like the whole day? Yeah, like I went to Yellowstone. I wore a banana costume. When's your Whoa. birthday? I need to know. Need to get, oh. September 9th. Okay. It's oh, coming, coming up. Oh, yeah. coming up. Because so it's so embarrassing. I'm calling you and we're going to we're gonna hang out. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. 100%. Should I you could dress be up. a pineapple? If you could be a pineapple, you would be the second person. I'm in. Oh, Matt's willing to be number two. <laughs> That's the most important person. Like an, she just it's said. an ego dig. Oh no! I'm just no, kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm that's kidding. just that's a. I'm uplifting you, man. According um, to yeah. what we just learned. Yes. 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 Number two. I was joking, by the way. Do you want to be an apple? Yeah. Okay. Or well, a grape. Let me Apple's think. Apple's too about mundane it. for Craig. Yeah. Got a little more. Exotic. A mango. Like, I was about to say mango. That's my favorite. You are a mango. Spencer a mango. would be like a steak. A steak. <laughs> a meat. Fruit. That, that's right. Fruit and steak salad. Oh, how about a cow? Hmm. Let's process. Yeah, it a just go bit. straight as a cow, man. Because I mean, you although a big like T-bone costume would look yeah. pretty, pretty. Fun. We can hang out and take a photo. Perfect for your future social media uh, posts that does not exist. Sarah, you, you're awesome. You've been a great guest. Thank it, you. Thank you so much for your energy, and your thoughts, and your unique intelligence. What, what was it? Unique genius. Unique genius. Thank you for your unique genius. Thank you for having me us. and for just reaching out to me. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. We'll have to have you back. Me all hand hug now? Yeah, of course. We'll have, we'll have to have you back. Yes! Only we have video right yeah. now. Yay. We gotta do some snaps on the way out. That was just fantastic. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you much. So Thanks, everybody. Awesome.